0: Welcome to Tree Talking Time, where we talk all things tree dogs. From the smallest fights to the largest hounds, drink squirrels to bears and everything in between. I figured we just talk the yeah, app, social media. Yeah. It's kind of what you're an expert on. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know a lot more about that than dogs.
0: So, <laughs> But yeah, so you are definitely... So I only started the podcast on my own two months ago, Mm -hmm. uh, first of the year. Prior to that, I was contributing to another podcast, basically just kind of getting my feet off the ground and kind of getting used to it. And I think I've contributed like seven episodes with them from the middle of last summer through the end of the year. So finally made the jump first of the year. And between all of those episodes, you are definitely the first... (laughs)
1: does not have dogs is not gonna be about dogs. <laughs> That's um, all right, man. I can usually be contrarian enough about something to be entertaining, so but at the same point, like
0: I've told you when we were talking, I loved Dressless Native and just really enjoyed the different people that worked in outdoor media, the different mm-hmm. art musical artists, I don't know, you had different military guys, you had a lot of a variety of guests on that podcast that just we're very different.
1: Yeah, that show was awesome. I would have loved to have kept doing it. It just didn't work out, but yeah, it, it was a very eclectic mix. Yeah, but it was it
0: was a a lot of good conversations. A lot of, I don't know. Like I said, it was just very, very different than most other outdoor podcasts.
1: hmm Yeah, that was by design.
0: <laughs> I really enjoyed it. That's you got me hooked uh, with that.
1: Thanks, man.
0: So, and that's what made me. of the things that led me down this road
1: (laughs) yeah i'm glad to hear it but why don't you introduce yourself yes sir so uh brad Lutchell, the co-founder and ceo of go wild so um we i grew up in southeastern kentucky grew up fishing a lot outdoors a lot hunting some uh my dad taught me to small game hunt i went to university of kentucky got a journalism degree did journalism for a while, went over to advertising, did that for a while. And ultimately was, uh, had a couple things kind of going on at the same time. One of which was I, I wanted to found a business mm-hmm. and I I didn't know what it was gonna be. And I was very open to anything and um, spent years thinking about what this was gonna be. Cause I actually had tried to start a business on the side before, got fired for it when they found out. Mm-hmm. And my uh, my new company, you know, very much, was okay with me working on the side on something else. So I I had told them at some point I'm probably going to leave to go start my own company, and and it just so happened I was really sucking at whitetail hunting, and um, was trying to figure it out and crack this nut. And you know when you're when you're new to you know it's one thing to hunt squirrels, but to to you know tackle something like whitetail without really anybody to mentor you is tough. And so I was reading online and I'm reading on forums and you know, this whole journey was just, um, a lot harder to do. And this is really like, this is pre I say stuff like this now. And I think people don't understand cause we have, we have groups like the hunting public or seek one. And you know, th- these guys are putting out like master classes that you can do. Yeah, And even just six years ago in 2016, which 2016 is when I finally decided to do something about it, you go back to like, I sucked from pretty much 13 (laughs) through 16 when i decided to create go so there's like three years of really pre-youtube being super helpful there were videos on youtube that you could find but it wasn't what it is today and the forums were all super outdated Mm -hmm. you know we're talking about forums that look like they're from 2001 probably because they were exactly and uh you know so i'm just really disappointed with this because i was in advertising we built websites you know i worked on website builds that cost anywhere from 50 to 50,000 to a quarter million dollars. Wow. So I'm like, I know I can build something good. Mm-hmm. I've never done an app, but I, I just thought I could solve this problem, you know, that, that hunters could not connect with other hunters like them around what they wanted to do. And, and really that's foundational to what we ended up with, with go wild. Cause you know, you've used it, you yep. you, you know, that it's not, uh straight friend based it's more topic oriented Mm -hmm. and that goes back to the original problem of me wanting to connect with people near me around whitetail hunting and so today you know we have 70 or 80 topics you can connect with other people around we have a near me feature so I can literally push a button and find people to ask questions to uh that are in my area posting about whitetail or fly fishing or whatever I want to talk about right so um that's kind of my background and how I got into the app. I mean, the apps changed a lot over the years, you know, we, well, we started on. off. So let's yeah. let's explain what go wild is. <laughs> that's what's really, uh, kind of rolling into the, uh, you know, it started off as, as a social platform mm-hmm. and, and, you know, you could go on there and do everything. I just kind of said of like connecting with other people, um, where we've ended up is really a, you know, what, what tech, the technology side would call us the social commerce platform, okay. uh, most members don't know what that means. And most people <laughs> don't talk like that. So, um, what that means is we're a social media app where you can buy stuff. Okay. And so, and we've, we've kind of. Partially invented this concept of, of what we're doing in, in that you can use go wild to share your story. You can connect with other people like you, you can mm-hmm. get advice, you can give advice. You can share your story uncensored, which is another part of why we founded this platform. Uh, we could see early that Facebook was allowing harassment of hunters. Mm-hmm. And so we, uh, we, we predicted that that would only get worse. And we actually predicted that it would catch up to anglers too, which it is. You know, people are getting fishing content deleted from Facebook. Now. Really? I hadn't heard that. Yeah, saltwater guys are dealing with it a lot. Because okay. um, na- naturally there's a lot of blood mm-hmm. um, and, you know, uh, animal rights activists think fish have feelings, so yeah. um, they they get angry about it so uh but you know we we've created this place where you can share not only uncensored but you get points when you share your trophies mm-hmm. and so we have a point system that um, for years was just bragging rights, <laughs> it was just fun, you know it was just cool to have more points and give your buddy a little uh, hell over it but um yep. we we've turned it into this reward system now to where when you get points, you can unlock rewards. I'm um, six when points you unlock- away
0: from my next re- reward <laughs> unlock. Uh,
1: see, it, it works. You're like, you knew, right? Um, but it's super fun because you can unlock like um, silly stuff like, you know, stickers or t-shirts, but you can also unlock like $100 discounts off Garmin's mm-hmm. or 25% off muck boots or 50% off vortexes. You know, we've had right. that steep of a discount on stuff. So I
0: better get my uh, points up to get
1: those big discounts. Yeah, they have got the they, t-shirts and the stickers
0: and stuff, but
1: and, yeah, you know, maybe that's five you, bucks off or something. You, yeah, you'll get a five dollar gift card. There's a $25 gift card in there. There's free turkey calls that you can unlock. I mean, it's it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the system really is designed now to reward you for your time outside and just for supporting a platform that's trying to support you, you know. Mm-hmm. So the the reward system is really cool. And then we do have if you just wanted to shop, you can. You know, we have a really robust shopping integration now. The The challenge is we're still, um, you know, that was something we added in 2020 at the yep. end of 2020. And we're still growing it. Um, to date, we have about 40 brands that we are working with. Awesome. By summer, that's gonna be probably in the neighborhood of a hundred wow. uh, or more. I know you so said adding
0: that you guys it. are we're adding a lot. For a shop yep. and an ATA. Or... Yep
1: yeah we're adding uh we're getting ready to add our first round of fly fishing gear right now Um, we found a a company called perfect hatch that's gonna come on board Um, and they're they're more entry to mid-level on their gear we'll be adding more stuff over time for Mm -hmm. fishing Um, i'm hoping by fishing or or by summer our our probably it'll probably be late summer just because fishing is really hard to get into but overall we've been adding a ton of gear um, you'll continue to see brands hit. We just added a fun one for, um, fishermen shady rays, which is, uh, okay. uh, it's a sunglass it's a company. A we added Toadfish recently. So that gave us some odd reels. Yep. So, so we're getting there, man. Um, the company overall, if I were to boil everything, I just, I just kind of rambled through cause it's late <laughs> and it's, it's, uh, it's like your brain's kind of toast after a long day. I just kind of spit off a very long answer, but in in, in short, Go Wild is a social platform where outdoor enthusiasts can share their content. They can share it uncensored. As they share, they get points. As you get points, you can uh, unlock gift cards and discounts and rewards for for, for your content.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. <coughs> I've been on Go Wild since 2019, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I even found it. I think it was mentioned in a podcast. I think.
1: I don't know. That I mean, we we have really focused on podcasts for growth, because in my opinion, no matter how big or small you are, anybody that sits down with the host every week really cares about what that person's view of the world is. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's why I do so many small shows too. Um, and I, I don't, I've kind of pulled back from doing like really small and early shows. Um, uh, you know, the tip, I've kind of got this rule now, um, unless I know the person, I won't do I won't be one of their first 20 guests because they a lot of people I've done the show with abandon it once they realize it's hard work. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I did a couple people where I was supposed to be one of their first couple guests and I did it. And, uh, you know, you spend an hour and a half talking to somebody and then they never launched the thing and that yeah. sucks. So, but <laughs> we, we, we've sure. done, we've done a ton of podcasts and, uh, whether it be interviews, we actually are probably one of the biggest, supporters of podcasts right now in the hunting and fishing space. We are advertising on Sportsman's Nation with individually with uh, some of the Sportsman's Nation guys like the O2 uh, with with Parker McDonald. We're advertising on Bo Martonic with Cable Smith with Lone Star Outdoor Show. Um, You know, we've got probably 15 or 20 podcasters we're working with this year. So so really trying to give back to that community that's brought us for a lot of really good people like you like yourself.
0: Alex said I've really enjoyed the app. We just met at the Great American Outdoor Show. And actually this is going to be the first episode of the Great American Outdoor Show series of episodes that I recorded there. So while we didn't get to record there, we met there and lined this up there.
1: Well, and I would have loved to have recorded with you at that show, but that show was so crazy. It was. Um the we 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 thought we would maybe create some content. We thought we'd have some downtime. <laughs> it which was kind of foolish in hindsight. Like there was one day Monday or Tuesday of that week, and I wasn't there. That my team sent me a picture of the booth, and it was dead. There was nobody in the aisles. There was nobody anywhere to be seen. It
0: was Monday and because I went was, Tuesday.
1: You went, okay. and everybody
0: was like, "Oh, yesterday was dead." And I'm like, "So yesterday was the day that I should have been here to sit down." The do
1: show was, yeah, yeah, and 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 that seems to be consistent because me and Jacob went up to that show um, in 2020, and we did a, a like early in the week like that, and it was much more dead. Um, yeah. This time though, I was there opening weekend and then I came back on Thursday and just after I got there, dude, we were working our butts off and we had one day where Braden was down with the flu and then Braden came back and, uh, worked the booth and, um, turned out he still probably had the flu. Well, we didn't (laughs) know it was flu at the time, uh, but then, but then I got the flu. So, uh, that show was really hard on us. Sounds like it. So you got a whole series that you recorded up there though. I
0: recorded four there that Tuesday when I went back.
1: That's uh, a lot, man. I've done that before. It's a lot of work to record that many shows in one one setting. They were a little
0: shorter than most of my shows just because, like I said, I was talking to Outfitters, and they're all there to book hunts and make money. And I get yeah. it. So I didn't want to, like, hold them up for too long. And I was there all day because I recorded 2 in the morning, and then we had this big lunch rush, and nobody wanted to sit down with me, which, I I, can, like I said, I completely understand. So yeah. it was like 3.30 before I sat down with anybody else.
1: 3.30 was when we noticed the lulls the most. Yeah.
0: So that I kind of was able to record a couple towards
1: the end of the day. It was a good time, though. But I'm glad we were able to find some time afterwards. Mm-hmm,
0: definitely. So where did the idea of Go Wild come from?
1: So I'm uh, one of four co-founders. I'm the original idea guy, which I, I always am quick to tell people doesn't mean anything. <laughs> people think that it's really cool to come up with an idea, but really without the execution mm-hmm. of that. There there's nothing, you know, you don't, you don't make money for ideas. Nobody sits around and just cranks out ideas and makes money off of them. Um, if you're going to build something and build a company, you build a product, it's the execution that matters. So the, um, I'm the idea guide though. I thought of it in, um, I remember exactly where I was when it kind of hit me that I wanted to do this standing in a field, it was August. I was checking trail cameras in a field that I had just had three or four cameras stolen on private property Jeez. down in Southeastern Kentucky. Yeah, I had like three or four stolen at once. Um, I was stupid and didn't have cables on them because I thought it was private property, lesson learned. Uh, but this was August 2016, and I was walking through, and really the idea that that pulled all this together to start this anyways was not like, oh, my God, I wish I could find people to connect with. I was thinking that I I don't even know if I get a deer this year, if I would post it on Facebook, because Facebook had gotten to be just so nasty, you know, yeah. the, the last deer I'd gotten, um, which again, I was really in early into my whitetail journey and I had gotten like this seven point that I was super proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, probably my third or fourth deer I'd ever gotten. And I posted it on Facebook and my boss gave me flack for it. Like, Truly, yeah, Like asking me if I felt like a man now, right? Really? Because I killed something. Yeah, and, that's crazy. I guess um, my friend group rem- that,
0: uh, is is nowhere near the, like that. So I post dead animals and ever, and I get like a bunch of likes on it. And, and yeah, coming, well, hey,
1: that's great. You know, I, I'm living in uh, Kentucky's largest city. Um, I've worked with a lot of vegans. I've worked with a lot of liberals. Like my lifestyle is usually when i've been in the workplace um i'm kind of the redneck of the group yep. which is funny because when i go back home to like really rural uh you know i'm from two hours from the interstate i mean it's it's appalachia it's very uh remote and there i'm like the city guy uh that they make fun of so it's kind of like i never fit in wherever i go um but but the uh I've, I've just worked with a bunch of people that don't understand or support hunting they don't like guns gotcha. and and this guy was sense. one of them. And so I was thinking about that as I was walking through this field. And I thought like, I don't even know if I'd want to post about this because I don't feel like dealing with the flack. And I realized like, what a shame that you can love something. And I did love it at that time. i not wasn't particularly good at it, but I still love doing it and I yeah. still do obviously. Um, but I thought it was a shame that you could love something so much and be afraid to post about it because of your job. Mm-hmm. And so that like, that thought of what a shame really was the trigger of like, there should be a place you could do that. Yeah. And then, and then started doing the research of, you know, I never thought about the hunting industry as an industry. And again, I think a big part of like there was, there was influencers out there. I mean, campaigns and some of these really guys that are really big now yeah. weren't as big then, but there were, you know, Stephen or had, uh, not just started his podcast but i mean he was in the sub 50 range of shows on his podcast like there were there were names out there that are huge now um but it wasn't what it is today and so i just um i was like there's not a place that you can really turn to and and i'm gonna go build that and i never thought about the industry i think now you have guys like hunting public you have the seek one guys you got the born and raised guys like there's a lot of people who are making six figures um hunting and and it's people are envious of that and so there's this this whole concept of hunting industry right Mm -hmm. and i think um i think it's just so different now but i was i'd never really thought about hunting as an industry yeah and and so i I went home uh because i was in southeastern kentucky so i drove you know, came back up here and I had a kid at that time. Um, and I've, I've got more of them now. They just keep <laughs> popping up like whack-a-mole. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, but you know, I would basically like come home, my wife worked a night shift at the time, like three nights a week. And so I'd put my son to bed and I'd spend like four hours researching the industry. And I just was blown away with how big this industry was. Oh yeah. Uh, and you know, the, the idea uh was like why is no one else doing this and there were groups that were doing it i was not first there was i had 40 apps at one point on my phone um but they all sucked that was the thing like i was like nobody's doing this in the way that it needs to be done to succeed nobody's built a really good product okay and so so that was like the idea of it started there of just realizing like i love this i want to talk about it with other people that love it um the business model sustainable because this industry is huge this audience spends money. So if I can figure out a way to monetize it, I can make a living out of this and I can quit my job and go do this. And I just went all in, man. And, um, you know, it wasn't fast. I, uh, I kicked it off in August. I I started doing the research in August and I worked on it, um, by myself up through September, found my, started finding my first co-founders. I didn't go full time with this until 2018. Um, and even then, I ended up working a side hustle for an insurance tech company um, for about six months to be able to make all of the numbers work. But yeah, 2018 was really when we went full time with it. And um, you know, it's been ups and downs. The pandemic's made things interesting. We had to change our whole business model, Um, kind of started over as a company in a lot of ways. But um, yeah, the idea started right there in a field in Eastern Kentucky.
0: Now, when did the,
1: the app actually launch? So we would launch it almost exactly a year after I had the idea. Um, We, it took me a while to find all of my co-founders. We, our first meeting of the four of us was um, uh, around Christmas. We, we, we would meet, we would meet on holidays because that was days that guaranteed that all of us had off, right? Like you <laughs> yeah. took, um, which is kind of funny now looking back on it, our wives had to have hated a lot of this, but, uh, you know, we'd, we'd order pizzas and get together and, um, so we, we technically started building the app January, 2017. Cause we had four of us okay. and we, we, we bootstrapped, meaning paid for ourselves. I put $500 into this company to start it, of my, my own money and um, we bootstrap built the first version and launched it in September of 2017 Mm -hmm. in in a beta. Gotcha.
0: I know, even in 2019, you guys were still working kinks out left and right. It was still are. Well,
1: at that point. I mean, our our Google app got taken down twice recently. Um, You know, there's always something, man. I mean, you're never done. And that's all, I get a lot of people who ask me, like how much does it cost to build an app? and It's like, I don't know, You just imagine (laughs) emptying out your bank account for the next forever, because that's what it is. It's like you just have to pay really expensive developers uh, for eternity because it's never done, you know?
0: Well, like I said, I know there's a big difference between the app now and 2019 when I got on. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, we've redesigned the whole thing um, since then, probably (laughs) multiple times. We tend to do that. We start over every, like, 18 months, it seems like.
0: I just remember there was a couple times it was like yeah hurry up and uh we just did an update because uh it kept crashing with this one so
1: yeah dude yeah i mean uh i mean hell we launched in September 2017 and our first crash was October we didn't even <laughs> make it a month and um our server went down uh we haven't had too many server outages like that but it does you know there's going to be things that get improved and we're a small team i'm not facebook with 60,000 employees so yeah. um i've i've got about 13 full-time people Mm -hmm. and um only half of those are engineers that are working on the actual code of it so you know it's it's a really lean operation
0: yeah you've kind of went over it but like how hard was this actually to start from scratch
1: Man, i really um was it harder than you thought yeah it's probably harder than i even realized now because i've thought (laughs) about this of um a lot, when you're an entrepreneur, people like to ask you like, what are you gonna do when you're out of this phase of your life? It's like you haven't even left yet and you're just already getting asked what's next. And I'll say this, it's hard enough to where if you handed me a fistful of money tomorrow and um go out, let's just assume that Go Wild is under great, you know, that's got new leadership and I'm mm-hmm. feeling great about leaving it. Let's just, just just play with this idea here for a second. Mm-hmm. It's been so hard. That even if you handed me a fistful of money, you gave me a five million dollar check to start a new company, I don't know if I'd want to do it. I mean, it's it's I truly I don't um I understand though it's uh it has been the hardest thing I've ever done. It's it's been um the most frustrating thing I've ever done. I've lost uh friendships over it because I just have let people go, not on purpose. You know, you just you have a baby that you have to take care of, and then when You know, it's one thing when I went full time, but when other people started going full time with this, and we start becoming people's livelihoods, now you've got a commitment. And when you start, you know, we've raised money, so now I've taken money, Mm -hmm. and and we have to make sure that we build a good company to be able to pay these people back. Um, We we have, like I said, thirteen full time employees. I know these people's kids' names. I know uh, their dogs and cats' names, and and it's like there's a lot riding on this man, and uh, that pressure. is not easy on you. I don't talk about it a lot, but I've had anxiety attacks from from this thing and yeah. um you know, there the it it it's a lot of fun in games. There is a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun. I've done a lot of cool stuff that I never would have done in my life. Yeah. Um I've gotten to go to Alaska to fish for halibut and king salmon. That's awesome. I have I have fished for um or, or I well, I've fished in the Ozarks on a retreat. I've um I've shot with, uh, you know, some world-class people in really cool places that people would drool and dream about. (laughs) I've hunted whitetail 15 miles from the Mexican border. I've gotten to do some cool stuff. Um, I've also maxed out credit cards. I've got more debt tied to my name as a startup than you can imagine. Like this is just, uh, it's super stressful, dude. And so. Uh, I don't talk about that. Like even some of the stuff I just said, I don't know. I don't ever mention that stuff on a podcast because usually people don't ask the question you did. It's like, <laughs> it must be so fun. Right. Um, but people just don't know what it, to, to start. Um, a company is one thing to start a company that is very, very much going to lose money for years before it even gets close to profitability, which is what a tech company is. Okay. Um, is a different animal, right? Like it's, it's just, you're, you're signing up for years of stress with hope of reward. Um, you know, that, that eventually the network gets big enough to where it's, it's making money. Um, but, but it's a lot, dude. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I really, I, if, if it all ended tomorrow and like, again, I had that moment where I could kind of walk away and there was somebody driving the ship, I would probably take like six months to figure out just to like simmer, you know, it's like just to, just to like come out of the head fog that I live in.
0: Mm -hmm. Now you just made an interesting point saying how social media company and tech companies like, you know, you go years without making money. I never even thought about that. Obviously with the e-commerce side, I I get how you're making money, but just the social media platform in in the early
1: stages, it's like how how in the world do you monetize that at all? Yeah. We, I mean, we, we made money. There's a difference between making money and being profitable though. Right. Like uh, we we've made money. I I signed my first deal in 2018 of January before I even went full time, you know, um, Arcus brands or Arcus hunting came on as our first client. Mm-hmm. And I started signing other clients and, you know, we've made money. Um, we were actually on pace to have a record year in 2020 coming out of trade show season. And then COVID yeah. hit and just completely decimated our business model. Yeah. And so, because we were advertising based, it's like, hey, you guys are trying to reach duck hunters. Guess who has the best audience of duck hunters? Me. Yep. Um, so I could, I could advertise and we had great data and people didn't mind the advertising because it's like, oh, I love the duck hunt. And here's all these duck hunting ads. Um, like it's gear, you would, wouldn't you rather have that than like your wife looks at shoes and then the next oh. 12 ads on your Facebook feed are shoes. Yeah. Um, so, so like we were actually providing a good service to brands and customers, um, when COVID hit though, uh, the first thing to get killed is advertising budgets oh, yeah. and then, um, you know, brands were saying like, oh, we'll have our advertising budget back in June. Well, they weren't anticipating how screwed up the supply chain would become and still is two years later. So we, you know, we, (laughs) um, basically after Q2 of 2020, we were like, okay, if we're going to make it. We got to change our business model. Mm -hmm. So we changed the entire company business model to, to sell. And then you're starting all over again. You know, we Mm -hmm. had to learn how to do all that stuff too. So it's been a slow road. Um, I've looked back at some of the projections and I definitely naively thought we'd be making more money than we do now, yeah. but I also will say I've never felt better about where we are because you know, now with the, the social shopping side of this, like people mm-hmm. love it, dude. They love being able to see like when you, when you shop for gear on our platform, you can see who's using the product. You can interact with those people. You can ask them questions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're adding a lot of value into that like you mentioned the rewards earlier it shows you how many rewards you're going to get for buying a product um we're donating to a a nonprofit that teaches kids to hunt fish and shoot um you know that we we donate a percent of all of our profits to that camp so um things are clicking things are resonating but it's definitely been slow going because we did we are i mean again you know you you could start an e-com company selling um handcrafted duck calls and you can start making money tomorrow you're a lean operation of one guy right you yeah. can do it that way um you can't really run our company without at least three or four or five really skilled developers at the very least so okay. it's just a very expensive yeah. company to run you know yep now moving forward
0: do you feel you're going to stay at a social media app or do you think you're going to push more towards the e-commerce side
1: um we will definitely stay social uh because our bet you know our, our competitive advantage to on the shopping side is mm-hmm. that i like if you're researching a garment instinct um we, we want to be the place that has the most information about that watch from okay. the field so like we have social posts from the field that you can see and see how people are using that watch mm-hmm. oh a lot of people use this for fishing or hiking um you can interact with those people it's it's better than reviews because it's authentic mm-hmm. so they have to meld together to make that work okay um and our heart and and soul is in the social side you know mm-hmm. i still um very much believe in and that the industry needs us and, or someone like us mm-hmm. uh, the the, the industry is getting screwed left and right yeah. uh, on, on the major platforms and so we need a a champion for our social content. And I do think that Go Wild can be a place that can handle the more raw conversations. There's certain content that you can't post on Instagram. You can't even post a gun on TikTok, so let's not even go there. Um, You know, we need a place like us. So um, our mission is actually to unlock the gate to the outdoors. And you do that by being a social company, not by being a commerce company. commerce is how we've decided to monetize the platform Mm -hmm. um it's it's not the heart and soul of the company though the heart and soul is in connecting people
0: you just said you know with a lot of other social media sites censorship and also just backlash from non-hunters is kind of an issue i know you've written articles you've done podcasts you've talked a lot about the social media side i don't know give your two cents on the whole social media side of stuff and hunting
1: yeah um I speak a lot about this. I spoke last night to, uh, you know, I was on the Blood Origins podcast because Matt Ranello was on there and stirred mm-hmm. up that whole conversation around, like, yep. should hunting even be participating in social media? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Matt, Matt's opinion, uh, Matt Stevens' brother, I think, I'm yep. sure most people know this, and they probably are aware of Matt's argument that came about recently on the Mediator podcast and, and Blood Origins and the Free Range America, and there was a lot of content cranked out around this argument. Mm -hmm. around november and december um i wrote a big rebuttal piece which maybe we can drop that in the show notes uh i wrote a huge article about about this um my my thoughts on this but to boil it down uh not necessarily to rebuttal matt because that's not what i'm here to do but to just make a general statement um I, i i hate social media and, and and it's kind of ironic because I founded a social media company, but you will not find me on a Facebook or an Instagram. Now there's a great irony in this because um, I believe that as hunters, it's very important that we are sharing our story on social media. Mm-hmm. So I'm in a little bit of a conundrum here because I just told you that we should be doing this, but I won't. I won't participate in meta platforms. Um, but that's because I have moral values. Personally, that supersede even my love for hunting. Um, you know, Meta as a platform has just gotten to a place where the uh, you know the, they they know that their their platform uh, Instagram Meta's Facebook the parent company it owns okay. Facebook and and Instagram. So Meta knows that Instagram is detrimental to thirty two percent of our teen girls' mental health and their body images, and they don't care um literally the uh head of Instagram said that those numbers are quite small 32% of teen girls Jeez. like that's huge right yeah. and they said it was quite small um 6% of teen suicide attempts are attributed to Instagram bullying wow. um Instagram and Facebook both uh know that their platforms are being used for human trafficking uh they know that the drug cartels are using it for recruitment They know that it literally makes uh, like 320 million people depressed to use Facebook and they don't do anything about any of this. And so (laughs) there's this human aspect of this platform that I just don't want to be a part of. So I say that, but I'll also say that for the good of hunting, if you're on these platforms, you shouldn't just stop talking about hunting Mm -hmm. because... Matt Ranella's whole thing is like you're posting dead animals for strangers to see. You're fueling anti-hunters. Well, that's not a bad point. There are a lot of points that he makes that are good points. The the knee-jerk reaction to say that we should just stop talking about hunting on social media, though, is where it goes too far. Mm-hmm. You know, we 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 need to share our voice. Nobody ever gained a share of voice by not talking. In fact, so so I think it's really important that we continue to share thoughtful stories, which is why I do still create so much content. Um, we've had many heated debates internally at Go Wild about whether or not Go Wild as a platform should use meta platforms, being mm-hmm. Facebook and Instagram. We're still there at the moment. Um, we're experimenting with other platforms too, like TikTok. Um, but the, uh, you know, I, I, I've kind of chosen um, my platform of LinkedIn and it's gone a lot I've gotten a lot more voice there than I ever had on an Instagram or Facebook anyways okay um so I try to share my my story there I like to tell people like wherever you are just remember that you no matter what we're all PR advocates for for hunting mm-hmm. and so you should really focus on telling a story that might change somebody's opinion and say you know what I didn't know that part of it I didn't know that that's how hunters felt or I didn't know that they were contributing so much to conservation. I didn't know that they ate the meat. You mm-hmm. wouldn't believe how many people don't even know that we eat meat, right? Yeah. Like they think that you shoot a deer and just leave the meat out in the field.
0: Yeah. Well, especially for hound hunters, I know that's very common of bear and mountain lion hunters. Like a lot of people mm-hmm. don't realize that people do eat bears and mountain lions. And so yeah, they're and just they're like, well,
1: great. They're great. I mean, it's like, it's great meat, you know? You, yeah. I mean, bear sausage is awesome uh you know i haven't had a mountain lion yet but i hear it's like you can basically treat it like pork that's what i've heard i don't in fact if you're trying to offload a mountain lion ham call <laughs> brad up because I, I really want to <laughs> smoke one and try it out um but yeah man i mean I that's a great like do, dogs guys take a lot of flack uh trappers yep take a like you know um and so I think we, you know, I'm kind of on a tangent here, but I'm only a third of the way through my answer to you. Uh, I'll try to speed this up here. Um, So that's my, my part of this of like the moral side of why I don't, but why we should. And I know it's complicated. You could probably call me a hypocrite in some ways that I'm not on those platforms, but like, I'm just not doing the meta thing until Mm -hmm. they clean up some of their stuff. Um, Like, there's no way in hell I would let my daughter, if if she was teenage age, be on Instagram. There's no way, like, there's no freaking way it would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to participate there myself, um, on the, the flip side of this, uh, from the business standpoint, my company has been blocked, banned, kicked off of, or had content deleted, censored, or throttled on every platform you can think of. We yes. have, um, we've been, we've been, um, all the things so we've been demonetized at some points on YouTube. We've had advertisements taken down off YouTube. I have had twice my entire account on Facebook locked from advertising because we, we, uh, the second time (laughs) actually, I think, uh, both times were, was over binoculars when we were still advertising on Facebook. We don't advertise on Facebook anymore because we don't want to pay Facebook or Instagram a dollar as again, uh, that was kind of one of our moral decisions with the company is that we're going to stop funding Facebook. No, but Um, over
0: binoculars, like
1: yep um I've, I've i've got screenshots of the ad that uh it was jacob our our head of business development who you met up mm-hmm. at um gayos yep. and um it was picture of him he had uh i don't know probably i don't remember what kind of camo pattern it was i think it was a real tree camo pattern am i uh holding a badlands bag a binocular bag and and the other hand or he was wearing the the uh, harness the badlands harness holding mm-hmm. Vortex binoculars and they called it a weapons accessory. Oh my. <laughs> and it's ridiculous. Yeah. So we've we we battled that um multiple times. And the industry's just getting blacklisted. And we take it on the chin and we say ridiculous stuff like, well, they're a private company, they can do what they want. And I mean, you have this this entire industry that with firearms will say you can pry it from my cold dead hands. But when someone tells us that we're not wanted or allowed to be there, we say, okay, yes, sir. Like we don't fight back and it blows my mind. And even more so it blows my mind that, um, companies will go to such great measures to be able to work around Facebook's rules and try to hide, they'll build entire micro websites to try to sell a few products and get around these rules Mm -hmm. also, they can pump millions of dollars into these platforms that turn around and use the money against them. Yeah. Um, this is a huge industry problem that uh, i just spoke at shot show about a little bit of this um you know we we are not um at all thinking about the next 20 years and the next 20 years of social media are not going to look like the last 20 years facebook oh, yeah. is losing its grip i don't know um your audience may not pay attention to this much but facebook for the first time in a long time has lost um and and really there's only one other period that kind of plateaued or lost users in the United States. Facebook is losing users for the first time ever, really, significant users. Their their advertising model is getting decimated because Apple has finally said enough is enough over the privacy. Mm-hmm. And and Google just announced uh last week that they're gonna follow suit with Apple and also start restricting Facebook's ability to basically piece together third-party data to build these really robust profiles on people, which is what made Facebook, quite frankly, the greatest advertising platform ever built. Um, but the the hunting industry and the shooting industry has largely said like, okay, we'll just try to play ball and we're gonna keep paying money into this. We're gonna keep focusing on this and they haven't supported um, platforms that support 2A. And, and I, I don't say that to say that they should just be advertising with us in general, they haven't really worked with a whole lot of any up and coming brands and it could be us or one of our competitors there has been a few legitimate competitors out mm-hmm. there. And, um, you know, I've been a big vocal advocate that we need to wake the hell up because the industry is building glass houses on sand. Oh, yeah. And there's been examples of, of brands that have woken up and lost their ability to link out from their Instagram profile. Mm-hmm. They've lost their ability to, reach new people they get throttled there a lot of people think of it as shadow banned um all this stuff is happening and the industry um just turns it turns the cheek you know and we say i'd like some more uh you know so just keep inviting the blows and so um you know i could ramble on about social media and how i feel about it that's that's like another third of the way through i've got (laughs) more thoughts on it but i mean man it's a messy state and um it's complicated I think we have to have a voice there. We have to fight back. Um, But at the same time, uh, put belief and and faith and honestly money. I think the industry should be funding groups like us because Mm -hmm. we're at least trying, you know, and, and um, it's, it's kind of been disheartening in some ways on the business side to see how many companies are okay with the status quo. Mm -hmm. Truthfully. Now, what
0: are your thoughts on like the way hunters are using social media? So not necessarily like social media sites in the way they ban us or they censor content. Or, you know, one of Matt's points was like he doesn't like the grip and grins and whatever. And so what, what are your thoughts on the way hunters use social media and how maybe we should clean up our act or, or change the way we do things to be maybe more palatable to the non-hunting public?
1: So when I was on Instagram, I decided, um, in about 2018 that I was going to stop posting, um, grip and grins. Mm-hmm. And to, cause I felt like there was enough of it out there. I'm also not killing big bucks. So it's like, what's the point? I don't have anything like brag worthy. Um, from that angle. Now I, I will say like, I posted a spike on go wild this year and it was a really (laughs) embarrassing story. And, um, I own it though. So I don't hide behind. I don't, I don't, I'm not one of these guys that goes out there and kills for content. Um, in fact, I usually have the opposite problem. I forget to do content when I'm out. Matt's criticism over killing for content is 100% accurate. In fact, I think he could have gone a lot further in in highlighting the problems i think he knows industry problems that he didn't talk about Mm -hmm. and you can hear a little bit of that in the the meat eater episode where he literally stops himself from giving examples that i'm guessing are with meat eater um and i don't mean to knock meat eater i think they've done a lot of great things for hunter recruitment um but i'm just saying there's obviously stuff there that those guys would find embarrassing yeah, I, I'll say that, uh, that what I'm about to say is a direct step away from mediator. This isn't about mediator. I'm just going to say some things um, that I've seen in the industry. There are influencers that I know that have been on hunts with other influencers. And when they shot a deer, my buddy shot a deer and there was three other influencers who wanted to take pictures with his deer to have content. And, and um, there are people that I know and have talked to that will kill a deer with one product and say they did it with another. They, they, um, we, there are poaching examples. Um, I won't name names on that either. Actually, I did link to one in that article. You can go figure out who I'm talking about, but, um, you know, the, the drive for having enough content to fill out a content calendar is making some of these guys travel the country and hunt multiple states and do things they wouldn't normally have done. Yeah. And there's a certain point. I don't know where that moral threshold is. Um, there's a certain point where it gets a little gross, yeah. and um, I I'm not trying to be holier than thou. Um, I th- I don't think you can. Uh, I don't think you have to eat all the meat yourself. You can donate meat. I, you know, I'm not trying to draw those kind of lines. But there's just there's we, we deal with something that no other industry deals with, and that we kill things. Yeah. And, um, when you kill for profit, um, and you're not a butcher, it gets a little weird that, yeah. that there's, there's this weird line that I don't know the moral answer to. Um, but that I, I thought Matt could have gone even further into explain or like exampling that. And I actually went further into it on my article. So if anybody wants to read more about my opinion on that is well documented. Um, <clears throat> the, the question you had, uh, was really around how do we, how should we procure our content? And I answered a little bit of that earlier, Um, but I I think no matter what you're doing and you can still post grip and grins tastefully, Rochelle Schrute is someone that's on go wild. She's on a ton of platforms. Um, Honestly, Rochelle, you're on too many platforms. I don't know. She's going to kill herself posting on these platforms. She's one of my favorite content creators though. And somehow she can post a dead deer on, uh, she'll post a dead deer, a mule, uh, a mule deer on LinkedIn. And it makes sense. And she does it really in a way that's like, I can read that. And I'm like, man, it's so respectful. And she told like a really good story and she's a, um, a guide and she's in the hunting industry. And she tells a really compelling story that tells other people why this is so important to her. Yeah. And I think a lot of people just post bragging tag type stuff, you know, yeah. it's like, they're just showing off when 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 you put your anti-hunter or your non-hunter hat on. He, he, anyways, it's like oh, this guy's just posting so he can brag about it. You don't talk about all the other stuff, or this might even be some people's only hunting post of the year. Mm-hmm. They're they're doing all this other stuff, and then boom, there they are in camo with a dead animal, yeah. and you know you didn't do anybody any service by that. You know, yeah, some of your buddies might say, hey, good job. Um but matt's point of like why do you need to post dead animals for strangers to see this is what he's talking about you know it's out of nowhere you're often um not explaining things so you know when i was posting onto instagram a lot i focused on i just i made a conscious decision i'm going to double down on sharing the adventure i'm going to double down on sharing the food Mm -hmm. and that was what i did um you know i again i'm not some killing machine i pretty much still suck at hunting um, you know, I'll, I'll kill a turkey and a deer, uh, like one, a season or something, but, um, I'm not out there, you know, killing the 190 inch deer. Yeah. So I, I'm, I don't see myself as a guy that, um, has to worry about that side of it. And if anything else, I, I feel like, uh, I might be able to just show some people like, Hey, you know, there's other ways you can share the story. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's I, other things you should talk about.
0: I really like your perspective on that, it's <clears> sharing <throat> the adventure, sharing that story. And especially for houndsmen, it's that's the hard thing that most people don't understand. So we get a lot of flack because people say, oh, you use a dog. So it's cheating or it's easy. Right. And they don't realize all the work that goes in on the back end. You know, you have to keep that dog 365 days a year. To take care of that dog. Not to mention the training, you know, the fact that well, they've
1: never seen a dog in the field. I mean, if yeah. you've ever just been out with you guys, um I, I've. You know, seeing upland dogs work quite a bit, and it's just amazing. Mm -hmm. to to, When when you see it, you know that you guys are putting in a tremendous amount of work. They don't just do that, you know?
0: And that's what most people that don't hunt with dogs don't realize, is they just think you turn a dog loose and it just does it. And it's like, no, that's not the way it works. (laughs) How how long does your deer season last?
1: Here in Kentucky, we have a long season that goes September to January. September to January.
0: And January comes around and you hang up. Your bow and your gun, right? And you're done.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You might go out in the woods. What? How many more times between then and
1: say August? Uh, I'll do turkey season, and then I'll do some scouting. But I'm not like you guys. You guys have to, you know, next day you still got <laughs> responsibilities, you know.
0: Most houndsmen, I mean, depends on where you're at, what you're running, and you know, there's certain places that have certain training seasons. But as far as coon hunting, we'll run. You know, I know coon hunters that'll hunt year round. Mm-hmm four or five six nights a week yeah so it's like that's not lazy at all and the people that listen to this podcast they realize it and-
1: well too the other thing i think people don't realize is how much you guys walk yeah uh it's like i mean unreal amounts of mileage you all are putting on boots and mm-hmm. uh the wear and tear on gear but again people don't know trappers is yep. going through the same stuff man yeah um you know i i see it within our community we have an awesome community of trappers um and super active and it's fun to, it's fun to watch those guys and learn from it. But if you ever just you go out's a great example of, um, uh, I didn't know a whole lot about trapping until go out and I still yeah. don't know. I, I wouldn't be able to just like, I don't know much. I couldn't just like walk out and do it. But, uh, from watching those guys in the community, I've learned a ton about how hard it is, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about putting a, a trap out there in a like matter of inches that is going to catch something that's coming through, you know. Mm-hmm thousands of acres right and being able to predict where that's going to happen um so i have respect for them just like i do the houndsmen, you know and i I think um sharing so for you guys it's sharing that story uh all all year long of all the work that goes into the training Mm -hmm. and um you know also just focusing on the respect when you do get something you know trying to take that extra second to Mm -hmm. wash a little bit of blood off a deer um, you know, uh, uh, I, I switch back from houndsman to deer hunting, but that's, that's <laughs> the one that like, I always, when you see like the tongue hanging out and there's freaking blood everywhere, I'm like, man, I know like you, you don't want to like, people will say stuff like, I'm not sugarcoating my experience with the snowflakes. And I'm like, I get that. Um, but also the snowflakes vote and yep. we are going to lose hunting at the polls. It's not on Instagram. Exactly. So, you know, taking that two seconds to pull that deer out of the blood pile. To, mm-hmm. to put its tongue in its mouth helps. It does. Yes. I just, I don't know how else to tell you that other than the voting is the thir- the third leg of the the social mm-hmm. media tour that I didn't hit. Yeah. Um, But we need more diverse voter voters and you know, anything we can all do to procure an image that helps with that is good. Mm-hmm, definitely. Now, one thing you
0: said about showing the, the work that we put in every day as far as Houndsman and the time. And so it's like, you know you're gonna hunt every night, or you're gonna you're gonna train every weekend if if you're running big game or something. Nobody knows that unless you're telling the story. And one mm-hmm. thing I like about Go Wild is the logging of time. So I'm not one of those people that hunts five nights a week because I got little kids, so I just can't do it. But I hunt a couple nights a week, and you know hour hour and a half. So if if you go and you want to look at my Go Wild profile, anybody, I'm not somebody like there's no. I don't hide anything like you, Bradley. Like, it it is what it is, and I walk yeah. most almost every hunt. I try to, and I tell. Well, the I think truth on about-
1: Go all though, that's the place where you can do it. Like yeah. I, you don't have to worry about it there because everybody gets it. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's like Deer Camp. Um, but if you're gonna post that on Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook or um, you know, TikTok, where you'll probably get it deleted for you anyways, because that's what they do. <laughs> um, but you know, those are the places where you really got to be a little bit more aware. Mm-hmm.
0: So that's one thing I do like about Go Wild is like, I log every hunt and I, and I tell how it is. And yep. my dog looks like crap tonight. <laughs> that's what I'm going to write. You yeah. look like
1: crap tonight, you know? Yep,
0: That happens. Yep. What other uh, reasons do you have? Why should people use your app, especially Houndsman?
1: Um, well, you know, we're getting ready to launch. Um, I'm sitting on inventory of those new, those new Garmin dog collars that just came out. TT15X,
0: uh, the T5X. Yep.
1: Yep. Um, it was kind of funny. We I didn't realize those things hadn't come out yet. I had them with me up at Gaos, And um I called my rep to ask him a question about them. He's like, Wait, do you have those? And I said, Yeah, you guys gave them to us. He's like, You're not supposed to have those yet. You can't tell anybody about them. <laughs> so I, I'm excited because we've been sitting on them for weeks now. Uh, we knew about them before they the product was even announced. Nice. And and so uh we do work with Garmin. Um and the Uh, As you use go Wild, um, you do unlock deals from time to time on Garmin products. So, uh, you know, if you're using the Montana or if you're looking for an alpha, uh, there are going to be times when you can get discounts. I'm just throwing that out there. I typically don't push the shopping part hard, but if you're going to buy from an Amazon or you're going to buy from Garmin direct, or you're going to go to Bass Pro anyways, when you buy through us, you do get the benefit of like, it helps with the points because you get a dollar uh, per point. Um, okay. so you're, you're unlocking future rewards, but also I just think it's super cool that, you know, we take 1% of our profits and donate them into that camp because yeah. now you're, you're helping somebody else learn. And we need that, man. We need more people learning and in, uh, getting into the outdoors. So, um, that's from the business side, there's that the shopping side, like you, you're going to get discounts and deals. Mm-hmm. And, um, from the, the educational side, um, I've found that when you have a question on our platform, there's really not any better place to turn to than our platform to get it answered. And a lot of your guys might be veterans. Um, so for them, it might be helping other people with answers, but when you post on go wild, you can hit a button that says, ask the community. Mm -hmm. And the, the, what that does is okay. We know you asked this, you put it into um duck hunting okay we're going to ask all the people that we uh think can help you with this that follow duck hunting and participate in duck hunting we're going to try to get them to help you find an answer a lot of times when people do this they'll they'll like i'll see this a lot in turkey season they'll post uh, hey it's windy it's raining i don't know what the birds are going to do after a night of this this weather and they'll post that question and then they wake up in the morning and they've got 12 answers of people that have helped them nice. get better so, like there's a really cool feature in there mm-hmm. um, that that you can use. And it um <coughs> that the <that, coughs> my voice is catching up to me. I apologize, guys. Um, the the app helps you find those answers, but also as you're scrolling through the community, you'll see a little gray bar that says question for the community. So the app mm-hmm. is multiple ways trying to get you answers. Yeah. Um, you know, that part of it's really cool. I like using the trophy feature. So, um, you know, if you, uh, get a raccoon or you get a deer or whatever it is, you can store that to your profile and it kind of makes a nice little storage way to find those trophies later. Mm -hmm. Instead of digging through like 5,000, uh, posts on your phone, you can kind of quickly go through your go wild trophies and find what you're looking for. Uh, we hadn't really mentioned that, but it gets pinned to your profile and that's pretty cool.
0: I don't typically Uh, like keep track of how many coon I kill.
1: I mean, it's not. I know that you night. guys. You guys are all slayers. Well, it's, it's like no, it's actually. I don't
0: kill many. I I only. I think last year killed ten or twelve, and this year's less than that. But it's like when I need to count it, I can go through my trophies, and it's like, all right, there was yeah. one that night, one
1: year. Yep. Um. So that feature is really cool. Uh. You know, the near me thing is is just one of my favorite features because you can mm-hmm. literally go in. And connect with people around you at a very specific topic point. So uh, that's kind of the hit list, man. I mean, the rewards are a huge part of it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think anybody that uses it for any amount of money, I mean, people like free stuff. You get $10 for just trying the account. You know, yeah. if you go to downloadgowild.com, download the app and create an account, you get 10 bucks. There's really no reason not to try it out. Mm-hmm. Awesome. It's free. I don't <laughs> know if I mentioned that. The app's free. There you go. Now, one last question. Have you ever hunted with hounds? So, uh, no, I haven't. Um, really? You're, I, like you're say, from bit...
0: Southeast Kentucky. Appalachian, you've never hunted with hounds, or?
1: No, man, my, my uncle um, ran ran dogs, uh, but I've never been out on a, a hunt uh, with with hounds, per se. Uh, now, dogs in general, I've, like I said, I've done the upland side, I've seen that, mm-hmm. and it's a totally different animal than what you guys are doing um but no man i have not and that's one of those things it's like i need i need to it's like a bucket list thing i need to do to, to get to do. see yeah cuz i know it's a totally different uh
0: marcus gray on your podcast multiple times yeah yeah you know, and we've talked a lot about fight, it. squirrel a,
1: hunter. Yep. Yeah, yeah we've talked a lot about squirrel hunting and i like to, i i love marcus cuz i always get to learn a little bit about it um you know me and my dad just walk and squirrel hunt and mm-hmm. you can end up with a a nice little bag limit doing that where we go too um, but I definitely want to try the squirrel hunting with the dog. Cause it seems super fun. I've seen mm-hmm. the Kevin Murphy episodes yep. of media, uh, which are, are like now infamous, but, yep. um, you know, I'd love to try it sometime.
0: Definitely. You need to get out there with some dogs. There's no For better sure. way to hunt.
1: No, it seems fun, man. And I, I, I admire you guys that, that keep these dogs too. It's, it's really incredible what you guys do with them. Like you said, you've got some kids, you know, the best way to
0: get kids involved with a dog.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I had to get a real dog. My, my dog's like a city dog. He's, he's, uh, <laughs> I, I have to upgrade. Get you a little feist. Wouldn't
0: be too big in your backyard and yeah. you take a squirrel. Hunt. Yeah.
1: Maybe Ernie's getting old. So, uh, m- maybe down the road, we'll get it. We'll get a new dog once, once Ernie moves on to that big pasture in the sky. Oh my, you're,
0: you're worried about <laughs> having two dogs. I'm uh, rip- yeah.
1: I, I'm- I dude, I right now, uh, my wife after this one is already like, don't you go run out and buy another one after he dies. So, <laughs> my wife's like we've got
0: five you don't need another one
1: <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> exactly and I'm like
0: i think we do
1: yeah you guys are a different breed man uh again i think it's really cool what you all do and i i love watching videos and stuff of it um i do need to try it i don't think having that many dogs is going to be for me but i love what you all do i love i love learning about it
0: well next year if you come to Gaos, we'll make it happen
1: all right that that would be fun yeah that'd be really not too fun. far yeah
0: thank you for doing this podcast tonight i really appreciate it i really like the app We'll leave some links in the description so people can find it
1: sounds great man yep it's download go, go we can make it nice and easy for you so you hit the link and it'll offer it'll take you either to uh you know the android store or the apple store once you create an account you'll get 10 bucks and uh you'll you'll get a message from me i always tell people at the end of the podcast so you're going to get an automated message from me but if you respond back to that, that's really me that's corresponding with you there. So the automated one is just because we get too many people, I couldn't send all those messages, but I really do respond back to the thousands of messages I get a month. Um, and so, I attest so, to that. You have responded to yeah. me multiple times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I always respond. It may take me, uh, I, I try, try, try not to let it be more than two days ever. I'm usually within 24 hours. It just kind of depends on how many people have sent messages. Mm-hmm good deal
0: you can find me on facebook and instagram at tree Talkin media and until next time keep them talking in the timber